the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. I am Patricia Raskin. I'm always happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America's goal is to provide live programming on the Internet worldwide that helps you make informed decisions in your personal and professional life. Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. You can call us on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or listen to our rebroadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. You can log on to my website, raskinresources.com, and you can get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, and you can also listen to the archive shows that are on my site to date from Voice America. Today we are talking about relationships. We're talking about addiction. We're talking about how we become obsessive in relationships. My guest is Susan Peabody. She's an experienced speaker, workshop leader, and author. Her website is brightertomorrow.net. For over 15 years, Susan Peabody's seminal work, Addiction to Love, has helped tens of thousands of people all over the world really overcome their distorted thoughts, feelings, and behaviors associated with love addiction. In her new revised book, she includes a new preface detailing the progress that's been made in the field of love addiction treatment over the last decade. Her new book is Addiction to Love, Overcoming Obsession, Independency, and Relationships. Welcome, Susan. Hi. Hi. Great to have you. Folks, you can call us. If you're addicted to whomever you're with or you think you may be or you know someone who is, call us at 888-335-5204, 888-335-5204. All right, Susan, what is the difference between being in love and really being with your partner, being codependent and being addicted. Well, you're addicted when the relationship is toxic, unhealthy, and you can't let go. Okay. And when, you're addicted. What about when you're addicted? You're, you're addicted at the point where you can't let go of something that is not working, something that is toxic. Uh, almost all addictions uh, are just habits until they're out of control and you can't stop. Okay. So when does the, the codependency turn into the addiction? Because aren't most addicted people codependent? No. Uh, no. Love addiction comes in, in, in many, many forms, and the codependent love addict is just one kind. Uh, an example would be uh, Nicole Simpson and, and O.J. Simpson. Uh, certainly, you know, uh, in my opinion, he was addicted to Nicole, but he certainly was not codependent. Uh, he was narcissistic, and, and uh, uh, she was codependent in that she accepted abuse and uh, she suffered uh, in the name of love. The codependency is, is a separate disorder. 
they enable uh, their partners, uh, their long-suffering, their low self-esteem, they're afraid of loneliness. Uh, they uh, try to hold on to their partners through buying love, etc. And that's the codependent personality. And then when they become uh, dependent on someone and that person is using them, taking advantage of them, uh, and they can't let go, then they're addicted to the relationship. Okay. How common is this, Susan? You know, no one's ever done any studies. Um, I just know I have a lot of clients. Uh, and I feel that the problem is on the rise because in this society, the media has trying, in a way, turned us all into hedonists. Uh, we are, we are growing up with the idea that pleasure is the most important goal in life. The pursuit of happiness is certainly important. It's in the Constitution. But when it becomes more important than anything, then you have someone who says, you know, love is worth dying for. You know, I'm, I'm in love with this person, and so it doesn't matter if they're married. It doesn't matter if they're uh, an alcoholic, because I'm, I'm happy. And, and, uh, and then when that happiness turns to a horror, you can't let go. You're addicted. You know, so I really feel that, uh, you know, I got a new website out called loveaddicts.org uh, and I get over 100 hits a day because, and it's all young people, 20s and 30s. So I think it's a serious problem. Okay, what is the first step we need to take if people think that they may be a love addict? meaning that they are attracted to men who often are unavailable, as you said, or Casanovas, or um, what do you think? Well, I think it's important to understand love addiction, to begin your journey by uh, reading a book and really understanding the difference between being in love and being addicted. There's so many books on the market, in, including my own. My, my book has a test at the back to determine whether or not you're a love addict. There's also a test um, on the love site for Love Addicts Anonymous. And once you do know that you are a love addict, then you just follow the recovery program, which, you know, the healing process, you know. Okay. Which I could go into uh, at this well, point, you know, I, but I it's in the what, book. I think what we need to look at, if people are listening to this, and they want to know if they, because we all wonder, you know, am I codependent? Am I a love addict? I'm so involved with him or I'm so involved with her. They're taking up all my time. How do we know? What are the symptoms? Well, love addicts fall in love very quickly. Uh, and whereas everybody is attracted quickly, love addicts are so ready for love. They've been fantasizing about love. Love is so important to them that they very quickly call attraction love. And after one date, they begin talking about, I'm in love, you know, I've been waiting all my life for this person. They get involved too quickly. They start projecting their fantasies uh, too quickly. Uh, they they tend to be needy and anxious. They want the relationship to go uh, very quickly. They're very distressed if they can't get together right away, if they can't see this person every weekend. Uh, this relationship, you know, um, for them is healing a, a wound uh, 
left over from childhood, and so they're overwhelmed with joy and happiness. They have no reservations. Uh, they they proceed too quickly through all the stages of the relationship, especially if the other person is cooperating and is also okay. But they're that. feeling great, Susan. So when does the bubble burst? Well, the bubble bursts when when they discover that they have projecting. They've been projecting their dreams. We all harbor childhood dreams of romance and love and living happily ever after. And when we're attracted to someone and they are a good target for that dream, we begin projecting it onto them. And all we see is what we want to see. And the bubble bursts when all of a sudden some, some kind of reality check comes along and they realize that this person is more than the other projections. In other words, they've been idealizing somebody, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, they realize that this person, you know, is not who they thought uh, uh, he or she is, you know. And so, for instance, you're in love, you're happy, uh, the person happens to mention they're married, and, you know, that doesn't seem like a problem, in the beginning, that's okay, I can live with that, and then the holidays roll around, and all of a sudden, you're alone, and you're unhappy, and you realize, oh, I'm in love with someone who's unavailable, I'm not happy here. Or you're in love with someone who uh, is very uh, nice in the beginning of the relationship, and then all of a sudden, their secret life, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're an alcoholic, or a drug addict, or or they're uh, an abuser, and, and suddenly, you know, uh, you realize, you know, you're in over your head, and then you 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 don't even consider letting go because you're addicted. Or if you do consider letting go, you try and you can't. That's when you really know you're a love addict, when you know this relationship is not good for you. All your friends are concerned. They're worried. They want you to get out of it. You try. You break up but you can't bear the pain of separation, and so you get back together time and time again. All right, we have a couple minutes before break. What happens to those people you just described that are in a relationship where they become abandoned by the partner? All of a sudden, I mean, of course, there's been problems in the relationship, but then the other person finds someone and they become abandoned and they are, and they've been really addicted to that person. Well, the one thing you don't do is you don't hold on to the relationship. You take that pain and that grief to your therapist and to your friends. You don't hold on. You let go. Uh, you deal with the feelings, the grief, the, you know, you're, un, you're unhappy with the feeling abandoned. You're unhappy with the loneliness. You're frightened of the future, but you don't step backwards into the past, you move forward bravely into the future of being single for a while, of starting over. And that's, and when you don't do that, when you try to hang on, particularly when there's someone else involved, then it's very, I don't know if the word is dangerous, but it's certainly even more unhealthy. Well, it's very unhealthy. It's normal in a sense that we all cling to the familiar and we all cling to, you know, our, our uh, bad habits even when they turn on us, you know. So it's normal, but it's not healthy. And 
when you do that, you know, you can't move forward and things get worse. And, yes, it's certainly dangerous if the person you're in love with is violent. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're talking to Susan Peabody. She's the author of Addiction to Love, Overcoming Obsession, Independency, and Relationships. She's going to talk more about the symptoms of love addiction, how you handle it, how you go through recovery, um, what are some of the types of folks that get into love addiction that trigger this, this behavior. It, it's a whole addiction unto itself. So you are listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. You can certainly go on to Susan Peabody's website at brightertomorrow.net, brightertomorrow.net. And after the break, you can call us at 888-335-5204. I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time to Voice America for True Life in God with Betsy Serafin. On the show, Betsy will talk about the importance of having God in your life, as well as discuss how God is calling Christians to come together in the heart. So make it a point to tune in to True Life in God every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Mario Verdad, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Dr. Pat Basile, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific to Voice America Health and Wellness for Staying Healthy with Dr. Elson Haas. Each week, Dr. Haas will focus on a different health-related topic as well as have on many expert guests that will give you many practical health tips that you can apply to your life. So tune in and improve your health with Dr. Haas and Staying Healthy every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific. Would you like to know what your animal kids are actually thinking and feeling? Well, then join Joy Turner and talk with your animals every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. On this show, we talk about animal communication, life from an animal's point of view, and alternative ways to relating to your wonderful companions. You can even call in and have Joy ask questions of your pet. So be sure to join us for this fun, educational, and definitely unique hour of radio with Joy Turner's Talk With Your Animals, the show both you and your pets are going to love. Every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and rebroadcast at 10 p.m. right here on voiceamerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet talk radio, you're listening to voiceamerica.com. We are back and we're listening to Positive Living and I'm Patricia Raskin. Positive Living brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. Call us. We're talking about a very important subject tonight that we don't always talk about. Call us at 888-335-5204. Positive Living is on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. 
on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. We are talking about love addiction. There's a lot of addictions. There's uh, sex addiction, gambling addiction, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, shopping addiction, computer addiction. There are millions of addictions. Food addiction is how could we get How could we leave that out? But this is addiction to love, and we're talking with one of our wonderful experts. Her name is Susan Peabody. She's the author of Addiction to Love, Overcoming Obsession and Dependency in Relationships. Susan Peabody's work has helped tens, tens of thousands of people overcome distorted thoughts, feelings, and behaviors associated with love addiction. She's an experienced speaker, workshop leader, and author, and lives in Berkeley, California, and her website is brightertomorrow.net. And Susan really discovered this and worked with this as being a recovering love addict and helps many, many people. Welcome back, Susan. Hi. You know, what I find very fascinating and helpful is that when I looked at your book, Quite frankly, I really did not know that there was a category for love addiction. I mean, all the other addictions I met, but not love addiction. Do, do a lot of people not even know that they're love addicted or not even know there is an addiction such as love? Well, it's hard to tell. Uh, I think it's a pretty common term, but then I'm embroiled in, in right. this world of, of recovery. Right. So it's really hard for me to say. I do know that a lot of people confuse love addiction with sex addiction and that one of the, the recovery programs try to, tries to combine treating both of them at the same time. And I spent a lot of time trying to explain that, you know, they're very different addictions and should be treated, you know, as, as different addictions. Except for one thing that I've read that I want to ask you about. I've read that the partner of a sex addict who is called co-addicted, which could happen, one of the symptoms is that they confuse love with sex. So does that tie into love addiction? Well, the partner of a sex addict is usually a codependent love addict, someone who accepts abuse and, and neglect and tries to save somebody and, and tries to... To, uh, you know, through patients and long suffering, you know, help them through their addiction. And, mm-hmm. and so um, that's a very common combination. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go back to we talked about some of the, the symptoms. And one of the things you talk about here is that symptoms of love addiction, one of the things is the weak personality boundaries. Does that mean that you don't know where you end and they begin? Exactly. Exactly. When, when you, most love addicts had a difficult childhood. Uh, they were neglected or abused or, or too enmeshed with a parent. And um, they very early on try to take on the identity of the person that they're trying to win over. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I mean by weak personality boundaries. They, they really have lost touch with themselves. They have a very fragile relationship with themselves if they have one at all and they become object-oriented, uh, beginning with the parent and, and then the friend and then the teacher and, and then the lover. The other person is the real person in their life. And this is one of the underlying causes of love addiction and why it, 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 uh, you know, it becomes an addiction. Because if you have a healthy sense of self 
and you are the most important person in your universe, not in an egocentric way, but in a healthy way, mm-hmm. then you can let go of the other person because they're just an appendage. But if you have no sense of self and that other person is you, then to let go of the other person is to die. Mm-hmm. And with, with love addicts, separation is death because they're letting go of their whole life. Mm-hmm. But can there be a situation, Susan, where you may still have that tendency to be a love addict, particularly if you've been abandoned, but you still have been able to function on your own, have your own career, do your own thing, but still feel very enmeshed with the person? Uh, well, yes, and I, I call them high-functioning love addicts. It's like the alcoholic who never gets fired from their job. Uh-huh. Uh, and I had a client who helped me understand that better. She had a really, really traumatic childhood. She grew up in an alcoholic home, and I said, well, how did you cope? And she said, well, I spent all of my time at school. I was a cheerleader, president of the student uh-huh. body, had dinner with my friends every night. And so her pattern was that when... When she was, you know, a CEO of the corporation she founded, she was functioning very well, and she was she appeared normal to right. to everyone. As soon as she went home and crossed over that that symbolic threshold called the front door, she turned into the love addict or the child that had grown up in the alcoholic home. Mm. Interesting. What happens when the love addict and the partner they're with work together? What happens then? Well, that's, you know, uh, I've never been asked that question before. It, it actually would simply mean that they would feed on each other more and, and that there was uh, more of an identification with a symbiotic relationship rather than anything outside of it because they spend so much time together. It actually would feed the addiction. Hmm. Okay. Do you think, Susan, then, that people in general, if they're worried about this or that they want to prevent this, that they should be really clear about their own identity and try to really maintain themselves and, and look at maybe some of the warning signs of getting into that addiction. Because I would think that it's like anything else, that there are signs and symptoms, and it could be very easy to slip into that, couldn't it? Well, you know, some. Some people are, are love addicts from the beginning of their life because they have no sense of self, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's part of the recovery. And then other people, um, they reach a point in their life where all of a sudden what we call the inner child or that part of them that's left over from childhood, say when a parent dies, or, or uh, and all of a sudden they, they, they turn back into a childlike state emotionally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they get hooked at that point you know, uh, in their lives, and, and all they have to do is reclaim their sense of self. Their sense of self was just temporarily put on the back burner rather than having to build that sense of self from scratch. Okay. So it it's um, it, it really depends. It, it, it really is kind of individual. Case I mean, by case, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, we have a couple of minutes left to the break. Let's talk about, um, you said there were also, you, you talked about symptoms, and we talked about um, jealousy. We haven't talked about that yet, but there are things in here that you talk about symptoms, like um, controlling, um, nagging, being helpless, projecting guilt, flattery. Talk about some of those. 
Well, those are passive-aggressive behaviors. When I first wrote Addiction to Love, I really hadn't uh, studied much about the narcissistic love addict like O.J. Simpson. I was really more interested in the codependent uh, love addict. And, and they, love addicts are trying to control in order to get their needs met. They want to hold on to this relationship at all costs, and you do that through controlling. And uh, codependent love addicts do that through passive-aggressive uh, behaviors, trying to buy love, uh, you know, uh, nagging, being helpless, all the things that I talk about in my book, Flattery. These are all ways to control in a passive-aggressive way. If, if you're a, a narcissistic love addict like Jose Simpson, then, then your attempts to control are overt manipulation, power plays, you know, mm-hmm. even violence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just controlling is the basic symptom. You, know, you, you, you also talk about contributing factors. It depends on the level of attachment or, or hunger, the level of uh, really the need for attachment. It depends on the age. Uh, it depends on the level of denial, stubbornness. Well, you know, all of this begins in childhood. And, you know, the more horrific your childhood, you know, the more likely you are to become a love addict and try to get your needs met through romantic love and, and through a relationship rather mm-hmm. than a relationship with yourself but a relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. And and then also uh, I meet a lot of women who really don't fall into their first addictive relationship until uh, midlife when, when uh, they start to have concerns, you know, about themselves. They lose their confidence. Their self-esteem goes down a little and, and then all of a sudden someone treats them Leads them off their feet, and, and and they have their first, mm-hmm. you know, out of control uh, addictive relationship. Yeah. Well, when we come back from the break, we want to start talking about recovery. Okay. What can people do? And and also from recovery, then the next step is starting over again and getting into a healthy relationship. I really encourage folks, if you're listening, to log on to Susan Peabody's website at brightertomorrow.net and take her Am I a Love Addict quiz to see really where you are. There's also um, an inventory of unhealthy relationships. There's another uh, quiz on Am I Ready for a Healthy Relationship and Do I Have a Healthy Relationship. That's on the book, not the website. Right, in the book. And so get a copy of the book from the website, Addiction to Love. And you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Remember, this show is on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And log on to my website, raskinresources.com, listen to the archive shows on my site, and get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living. Again, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Cutting edge, challenging, stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Kevin Garnett, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant. Today, more and more student-athletes are bypassing college and heading straight to the pros. Matt Bush, Freddie Adu, LeBron James. Discuss the benefits and pitfalls of going pro on the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Starks every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Sport Mavericks provides straightforward, no-nonsense talk about the current and sometimes controversial topics facing student-athletes and their parents today. Agents want to make money. Schools want the publicity. The Sport Mavericks wants what's best for you. 
So whether you or your child is thinking about bypassing college or looking for the best university to showcase their talents, listen to the Sport Mavericks with Ida Moyer and Mama Stark every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Sport Mavericks, smart talk for parents and athletes. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lewis, and you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Would you like to know what your animal kids are actually thinking and feeling? Well, then join Joy Turner and talk with your animals every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. On the show, we talk about animal communication, life from an animal's point of view, and alternative ways to relating to your wonderful companions. You can even call in and have Joy ask questions of your pets. So be sure to join us for this fun, educational, and definitely unique hour of radio with Joy Turner's Talk With Your Animals, the show both you and your pets are going to love. Every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and rebroadcast at 10 p.m. right here on voiceamerica.com. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? Stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard's Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard's Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard's Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. Positive Living brings you practical solutions and positive principles to help you live happy, empowered, and successful lives. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. Call us at 888-335-5204. We're talking about addiction, but a very specific kind of addiction that we don't always talk about. We know all the common ones. This is love addiction. My guest is Susan Peabody. Her book is Addiction to Love, Overcoming Obsession and Dependency in Relationships. Susan Peabody is an experienced speaker, workshop leader, and author. Her website is brightertomorrow.net. You can go on her website, get her book, and in the book are these wonderful tests that tell you if you're addicted to love, are you in a healthy relationship, are you ready for a healthy relationship, please log on to her website, writertomorrow.net. Susan Peabody really provides an in-depth and easy-to-follow recovery program. She is a recovering love addict herself. She's been doing this work for 15 years and has helped tens of thousands of people all over the world who have distorted thoughts and feelings and behaviors associated with love addiction. She works on the phone. She works in person. And she's very experienced. Welcome back, Susan. Hi. All right, let's talk about recovery. We've talked about all the symptoms. How do you begin? Let's get some practical steps for folks. Well, step one is is to face the music. Uh, I call this in my book, Courageously Facing Your Own Shortcomings, because it really is hard to face the truth. You really do want to believe 
that the other person is the problem. If only he would do this, that, and the other thing. If he would only love me more, if he were only more available, mm-hmm. if he would only stop drinking, then this relationship could be saved, and I have nothing to do with the problem. I'm a saint. This is especially true, you know, of, of codependent love addicts. And so once, you know, you take the quiz and you can honestly say to yourself, you know, I am a love addict, you know, then you have to embark on a recovery program, which simply means you have to change. You have to change, not your partner. Your partner may have to change, but that's a coincidence, you know, and, and you changing may impact the relationship for the better or it, it may be the end of the relationship. Um, and how you change, that's what my new book is about. Let me put in a plug for my new book. I, I talk in Addiction to Love about making changes, and I talk for two or three pages about the art of, of changing, and I've decided that that was the most important part of the book, so I've written a new book called The Art of Changing, which is 97 pages of how to go about uh, recovery. And, and, you know, I talk... Uh, in both books about the importance of uh, a support group. You simply cannot do this alone. Mm-hmm. No one has been able to recover from love addiction, uh, you know, in the privacy of their own home. You need to know that you're not alone. You need the input and the feedback of other people. You need a group. Um, but at the same time, you need some individual attention. You need an hour uh, with somebody who really understands this disorder or if you can't find someone who specializes in love addiction, at least find a good therapist who will help you deal with your childhood issues, which are the underlying causes of addiction to love. You, know. mm-hmm. uh, you, you have to heal the wounds of childhood because almost all love addicts were traumatized as children. Mm-hmm. At, at some point in your recovery, you have to build self-esteem. Uh, I often encourage people to take advantage of what we've learned in 12-step programs, which is the power of spirituality to help us change. Let me ask you this, Susan. If you have had one relationship, long-term relationship, which has been addictive, but your other relationships in your life haven't been, or maybe they haven't been because they've been lying dormant, we don't know, does it mean you're addicted if you've had one long-term relationship? Does it mean there were latent addiction qualities? What does it mean? Well, it simply means that that the love addiction is latent, sort of like being latent homosexual. You know, they're, they're there, but they have not manifested themselves. You've actually been functioning very well. This has not been a problem. And then something shifts later in life, and you have your first addictive relationship, and hopefully the last. So there's a big difference between being in an addictive relationship and being a love addict. You're only a love addict if it happens more than once. Okay. Okay. So that's a very, very strong point you're making. So if you feel that you've been addicted to this one relationship and you get help and you really do the work and you get through it, then you can move on to a healthy relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just a bump in the road. And you have to want that, though, and be able to seek it out. Wouldn't you say that maybe if you're really addicted, you may not even realize it or try to get help because you don't realize it so you fall into it again? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. There's still a stigma associated with addiction, you know, and and that means that uh, to admit you're a love addict is, is to feel shame. And it's a momentary blip 
to feel the shame of being a love addict should be quickly followed with the pride that you're now dealing with a bad habit. You know, one should know, one should not be ashamed of being a love addict any more than, than they should be ashamed of, of drinking coffee and saying, oh, okay, well, maybe I have too many cups of coffee mm-hmm. today. Nothing to be ashamed of, mm-hmm. but I want to do something about it. I want to cut back, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's, it's how you handle it. It's how you control it. It's really how you see it. And then having the desire. Don't you think desire, I mean, addiction is a strong word, but you have to have the desire, don't you, Susan? Well, to change, you have to have what we call willingness. I, I really don't like the word desire because okay. it's too much of a romantic term. Okay. And, uh, you know, what you need is willingness. And one of the problems with willingness is it's very mysterious. You know, we don't know where it comes from and we don't know where it goes. Uh, a lot of my clients wish they were willing. They, they've identified that they're a love addict, and they say, you know, I wish I were willing. I just don't have the willingness, and I don't know why, and I don't know what to do. And and uh, in The Art of Changing, I talk about how willingness comes sometimes to some people just naturally. They wake up one morning, and, and they are suddenly willing to change. And with other people, it only comes as a result of some kind of crisis experience. You know, they almost died. And now all of a sudden the willingness is there, and that's fear-based willingness, you know. And then there's uh, a kind of willingness that mysteriously appears after a spiritual experience. This is what you're taught in 12-step programs, that you Mm -hmm. seek out a spiritual experience. And that comes from the story of of Carl Jung, who treated an alcoholic and told him, there's no hope for you. And the alcoholic said, oh, my goodness, there's no hope for me. Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, well, you have one chance, and that's to seek out what they called back in those days a religious experience, right. you know. And, oh. But willingness is, you can't proceed without it. It's like trying to, to uh, you know, to row a boat without oars. All right, so let's say that somebody's willing. Okay. How do you give steps to that person who really is willing? However, you know, they're, they're, they're ruminating all the time about this person. They're thinking about this person. They can't see them again, but they wish they could. What, what kind of exercises can you give somebody who's in that loop, you know, that compulsive loop stuff? Well, in, I actually don't have exercises to that in my book. I refer people to other books. On my website, uh, there are a list of books that you can read specifically for breaking up. Uh, with love addiction, step one is to control the behavior, the excessive phone calling, you know, the drive-bys, uh, the letters, the emails. You focus first on behavior, just like if you're an alcoholic, the first thing you do is stop drinking. The obsessive thoughts are so hard to control that you really can't do that in the beginning, but eventually you do want to initiate what we call thought-stopping which is simply treating your brain like a television station and turning the channel, limiting your fantasies to an hour a day and then 45 minutes, et cetera. So coming on almost like a self-disciplined exercise. Exactly. Like, like you know, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to just eat half of it. Well, like, yeah, okay. That's hard to do, isn't it, Susan? It's, it's hard, and if you're truly addicted, it's impossible. And so I talk a lot about progress rather than perfection. The last thing to go are the feelings. You really can't control your feelings, and they have to dissipate on their own because you fall in love with someone else. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you, you move on with your life 
long before you move on with your, your feelings. Okay. So it's almost like when you have a replacement, then you can let go? It depends on the person. You know, I'm the torchbearer. Which the right, means, or the right replacement, I should say. It, no, it doesn't have to be with the right person. You can fall in love with the wrong person uh, and, and, and still the feelings go away. But that's not the healthiest way to recover from love addiction. You know, I personally am a torchbearer, which means that I never stop loving the last person until I fell in love again. I could love someone for 20 years, but I, I wasn't chasing after that person, you know. Uh, but uh, one one thing that I warn my clients is not to seek out love just to get rid of the pain uh, because it's so easy to fall in love with the wrong person that, that you you can go from the frying pan into the fire. You know, it really is kind of important to stay out of relationships for a while until you're sober enough, you know, emotionally to be able to spot the right person. Mm -hmm. And I really work with my clients uh, after withdrawal when they're dating again to help them identify the patterns and whether or not they're attracted to the wrong type. So you actually listen to what they did on their date. I mean, you talk to them about it. Yeah, I've been known to go on dates with my clients <laughs> after the date. Oh, that's fun. Like a voyeur, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are talking to Susan Peabody. She's an experienced speaker, workshop leader, and author. Her new book is Addiction to Love, Overcoming Obsession and Dependency in Relationships. Susan Peabody's seminal work, Addiction to Love, has helped tens of thousands of people all over the world overcome distorted thoughts, feelings, and behaviors associated with love addiction. She has a new revised edition in her book, which gives a new preface detailing the progress that's been made in the field of love addiction treatment over the last decade. Susan Anderson is a recovering love addict herself, and she really gives a, an in-depth and easy-to-follow recovery program for people who are suffering from this painful and sometimes even dangerous addiction. Again, her website is brightertomorrow.net. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the recovery process. How do you know when you're in a healthy relationship? How do you know you're not slipping back into addictive patterns? And again, folks, I really encourage you to go on Susan's website, which is brightertomorrow.net, and get a copy of this wonderful book, Love Addiction, Addicted to Love, Overcoming Obsession and Dependency in Relationships. Even if you're not addicted to love, I think this is a great book for prevention. It's kind of like people who are eating well, but they're not sure they're going to have bad eating habits. And it really shows you what the negative habits are and what the good habits are. So it's, I think it's wonderful to stay healthy with this terrific book. So, again, you're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Call us after the break at 888-335-5204. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. 
Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This is Dr. Peter Towns. I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional entertainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Connecting your world. The Internet's number one talk and information station. VoiceAmerica.com How does the idea of adding 20 years to your life appeal to you? Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. The Liquid Love Show is about micromanaging your physical body so that you can activate all of your 66K cells. On the show, you will discover the secrets of cellular renewal that bring about fully satisfying physical, mental, emotional, and sexual life, as well as teach you why people in China are living to be 100-plus years without any degenerate diseases. Once again, that's The Liquid Love Show with Louis Moss, every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. And I'm Patricia Raskin. You know, i got to brag a little bit here, folks. I don't do this very often, but Positive Living has been on Voice America almost from the beginning. We're now in year three. And I have a local show where I live. Well, my show's been on the air going in year eight now. It'll be eight years in May. I've been doing this kind of work interviewing people that give us practical solutions and positive strategies for over 20 years, both on TV and radio. This is my mission on the planet. This is what I really believe in doing. And... My goal is to help people, and if you log on to RaskinResources.com, you can listen to the archive shows that have been on my site on Voice America, which is why I love being on Voice America, because these shows live on. They're on my site, and you can hear them, and you can also go to VoiceAmerica.com to hear all of their wonderful shows. Still time to call in, 888-335-5204. Positive Living is on Mondays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we broadcast Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. My guest is Susan Peabody. Her new book is Addiction to Love, Overcoming Obsession and Dependency in Relationships. Susan Peabody is an experienced speaker, workshop leader, and author. Her website is brightertomorrow.net. Her book, which is Addiction to Love, is a wonderful book, not just for people who think they may be love-addicted or are love-addicted, but people who are pretty healthy but want to make sure they stay out of those unhealthy addictive patterns. For almost 15 years, Susan Peabody's seminal work, Addiction to Love, has helped tens of thousands of people overcome the distorted thoughts, feelings, and behaviors associated with love addiction. So, let's take a look at, this is your newly revised book, 
where you talk about the progress in love addiction. Let's talk about the progress in the last 10 years, and then let's talk about getting ready for a healthy relationship. Go ahead. What's changed in the the last 10 years, you know, my my book first came out in 89 and then a revision in in 94. And at that point, you know, we kind of um, saw codependency and love addiction as, as one and the same. And now we understand that love addiction comes in many, many other forms. And I first came to this realization when I was watching the O.J. Simpson trial. And, you know, when I was listening to the 911 tapes, and it was obvious that he was addicted to her, but he wasn't codependent, you know. And she was certainly, you know, until she finally was ready to let go, you know, addicted to him, but she was codependent. And all of a sudden I realized, you know, that that, uh, codependency and love addiction are not the same. And, and and we've also got love addicts, you know, probably the greatest advance in my work is this understanding of what I call the ambivalent love addict, somebody who obsesses about love and craves love, but they're actually so terrified of it that they sabotage relationships or they only get involved with unavailable people or they only love through, you know, unrequited love, you know, uh, hero worship or, or someone that, you know, uh, that they loved 20 years ago. and. And so now we understand the disorder is a lot more complex than we ever realized before. And it stems from childhood. It almost always stems from some kind of neglect uh, in childhood. You know, you form a bond with the parent, and if something goes wrong in either the bonding stage or the launching stage, then you are predisposed to be a love addict. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about healthy relationships. How do you know that you're, you're really getting into a healthy relationship? Well, you have to get past the idealization stage as quickly as possible. What does that mean? You know, well, you know, the first stage of a relationship is, is, is idealizing someone that you don't really know. You're projecting your fantasies onto them, and you see what you want to see, and you only see the parts that you like, and you only see the good parts. And that's all they're revealing many times. They're putting their best foot forward. And you don't really want to look squarely at, at, at the parts that you don't like. And, mm-hmm. and the next stage is disillusionment. All of a sudden, you know, this fantastic, beautiful, wonderful person has feet of clay, you know. And if you have a history of love addiction, you want to move through the idealization stage as quickly as possible. You want to listen to your friends when they point out the flaws. Mm-hmm. You want to have a list of things that you absolutely cannot do. Like if you have a history of having affairs with, with unavailable people, then you absolutely cannot get involved with someone who is dating others, someone who's married, someone who has a track record of being emotionally unavailable within a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you simply just don't do these things anymore. So doing an inventory of your past relationships will help you understand what to avoid. And so you don't even date somebody who falls into this right. category. Right. You have almost have a list and say, nope, we're not going to do that. Exactly. And you it's kind of like staying away from the bad you. foods, isn't it, Susan? It's kind of like saying, look, I know that if I eat that ice cream, I can't eat just a bite. I'm going to eat the whole thing, so I'm just going to stay away from it. Exactly. Exactly. Well put. Yeah. Okay. Tell, give us some other tips for, for healthy relationships. Well, once you really, you know, uh, dating somebody that fits the profile that you worked out with your therapist or your sponsor or your mentor and you know it's a healthy profile and it takes into consideration the do's and the don'ts in your history and now you finally find somebody, you know, that fits the profile and you're not idealizing, you see them clearly, 
The next thing is to move slowly, mm-hmm. to give more time for reality to take hold. Mm-hmm. And In the relationship. And for person to flip up if they're holding back their true personality. Okay. And how long does that take? I mean, should oh, it be years? It, should it be six months? It differs from person to person, but I, I would say, you know, uh, Waiting to have sex is also important. You know, I would say months should be spent on dating, you know, yeah. rather than days and weeks. And in terms of the sexual part, how long should people wait, or is that individual? You know, it, it is individual. I know there's a support program out there called Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. It's not as good as Love Addicts Anonymous, but it has been treating uh, Love Addicts, you know, before Love Addicts Anonymous came along. And uh, they say 16 dates. Hmm. Yeah. I've never heard that before. It's a rule of thumb. You know, we're coming out of the uh, the, the sexual revolution, and, and people are kind of going back to the old-fashioned waiting, making it special. But mm. I would say, you know, uh, one just needs to be cautious and take into consideration their history. If you used to get involved with someone on the first date, Wait at least a few days before you mm-hmm. venture into that because especially with women, women kind of want to own a man when they've slept with him. They've given something precious. It goes back to the days when, you know, you gave your virginity and, and now that person was. I know in high school uh, you knew someone was sleeping with a boy if he started walking you to class because mm-hmm. you kind of owned him and got his ring. And, mm-hmm. and, and so women very often... Uh, a love addiction is triggered the moment they sleep with someone mm-hmm. because now they've given something special to him and now in their mind the relationship is a relationship and in his mind you've just had sex. Mm-hmm. Women really want to combine sex and relationships and mm-hmm. so as soon as they have sex at that point, uh, as I said, in their head the relationship is begun and, and All right. that's premature. All right, we are just about out of time. So if people get one thing out of this program today on love addiction and having healthy relationships, Susan, what would you like them to get? You're not alone. There is help out there. You know, my book, other books, Love Addicts Anonymous, which is loveaddicts.org. Get help. Recover. Be hopeful. Change your life. You will not regret it. Thank you so much, Susan, for being on the program. Stay on the line. Thank you. Susan Peabody, her book is Addiction to Love, Overcoming Obsession and Dependency in Relationships. And her website is brightertomorrow.net. Next week, we're going to talk to Ben Frank, journalist and consultant to airlines and tourist offices and president of Frank Promotion Group. He'll discuss several of his books, A Travel Guide to Jewish Europe, A Travel Guide to Jewish Caribbean and South America, and A Travel Guide to Jewish Russia and Ukraine. So it really talks about all of these different areas from a real positive and upbeat perspective, and he's a lot of fun. Again, next week we will have on Ben Frank. Just want to thank you all for listening to Positive Living. Remember, this show is on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. We're broadcast Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, and noon Pacific. And log on to Raskin Resources. Get a copy of my book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, and listen to the archive shows on my site. Until next week, I love you all. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. I'm Patricia Raskin. You've been listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. 
for an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Thank you.